Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This is going to be for Ruth chapter 4. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. Now, this is where all business takes place uh, anciently, is that they would go to the gate of the city and do this. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho! And this is a Hebrew, a manner of address to a certain unnamed person as Mr. So-and-so. Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. Notice that there's ten men that are acting as witnesses. Remember the parable of the ten virgins who were there to witness the wedding. So ten was a legal number here of witnesses that they would use. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is one that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of, of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants, and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon her upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing or exchanging doing business for to, for to confirm all things a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee, so he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place, ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord, the Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily, or may do you well, in Ephratah, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like unto the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. So now Naomi is also going to have a family, and that uh, she'll be able to live with uh, Ruth and Boaz. And so she's now protected and blessed. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became a nurse unto it. 
and the and women were and the women her neighbors gave it a name saying there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed he is the father of Jesse the father of David now these are the generations of Perez Perez begat Hezron and Hezron begat Ram and Ram begat Amminadab Amminadab begat Nashon and Nashon begat Salmon and Salmon begat Boaz and Boaz begat Obed and Obed begat Jesse and Jesse begat David now this is important because this is the line through whom Jesus is going to be born and so they're making sure that they see the relationship here um, as they do the genealogy for Jesus I just want to read some more things here by Edersheim that I think are really cool. Um, he says, By the advice of her mother-in-law, Ruth puts off alike her widows and her working dress. Now this is the night that she's uh, laying by uh, Boaz in, in, in the nighttime. Festively arrayed as a bride, though assuredly not to be admired by Boaz since the transaction was to take place at night. She goes to the threshing floor where, as the wind sprang up at even, Boaz was to winnow his barley. Unobserved, she watched where he lies down, and softly lifting the coverlet, lays herself at his feet. At midnight, accidentally touching the form of, at his feet, Boaz wakes with a start, and bent down, and behold, a woman lying at his feet. In reply to the, his inquiry, the few words she speaks, exquisitely beautiful in their womanly and scriptural simplicity, explain her conduct and her motive. Two things here require to be kept in mind. Boaz himself sees nothing strange or unbecoming in what Ruth has done. On the contrary, he praises her conduct as, as surpassing all her previous claims to his respect. Again, the language of Boaz implies that Ruth, although daring what she had, had felt to be right, she had done it with fear, which in the circumstances womanly modesty would prompt. We, mo we almost seem to hear the, the low whispered tones and the tremor of her voice as we catch the gentle encouraging words of Boaz reply, my daughter, and as he still and, and as he stills the throbbing of her heart with his kindly spoken fatherly fear not, no thought but of purity and goodness and of Israel's law intruded on the midnight con converse of those who were honored to become the ancestors of our Lord. Now, as, as to the transaction, the business that happens, I just want to read a little thing about that. He says, early in the morning, Boaz goes up to the gate, the usual place for administering law or doing business. He sits down as one party to a case, calls the unnamed nearer kinsman as he passes by to occupy the place of the other party, and ten of the elders as witnesses or umpires, the number ten being not only symbolical of completeness, but from immemorial custom, and afterwards by law, that which constituted a legal assembly. To understand what passed between Boaz and the unnamed kinsman, we must offer certain explanations of the state of the case and of the law applying to it, different from any hitherto proposed, for the difficulty lies in the sale of the property by Naomi, nor is it diminished by supposing that she had not actually disposed of, but was only offering it for sale. In general, we may here say that the law it does not deal with any case precisely similar to that under consideration. It only contemplates one of two things, the death of a childless man, when his next of kin, speaking broadly, is bound to marry his widow, or else a forced sale of property through poverty, when the next of kin of the original proprietor may redeem the land. It is evident that the former must be regarded as a duty, the latter as a privilege attaching to kinship, the object of both being precisely the same, the preservation of the family rather than of the individual in its original state. But although the law does not mention them, 
The same principle would, of course, apply to all analogous cases. Thus it might, for example, be that a man would marry the widow, but, but be unable to redeem the property. On the other hand, he never could claim to redeem property without marrying the widow, to whom, as the representative of her dead husband, the property attached. In any case, the property of the, of the deceased husband was, was vested in a childless widow. In fact, so long as the childless widow lived, no one could have any claim on the property since she was potentially the heir of her deceased husband. All authorities admit that in such a case she had the use of the property, and a passage in the Mishnah declares it lawful for her to sell possessions, though it does not seem doubtful whether the expression covers the sale of her deceased husband's land. Such, however, would have been in strict accordance with the principle and the spirit of the law. In the case before us, then, the property still belonged to Naomi, though in reversion to Ruth, as potentially represented Elimelech and Machlon, while the claim to her while the claim to be married to the next of kin could, of course, in the circumstances, only devolve upon Ruth. Thus, the property still held by Naomi went in equity and in law with the hand of Ruth, nor had any other nor had anyone claim upon the one without also taking the other. No kinsman had performed the kinsman's duty to Ruth, and therefore no kinsman could claim the privilege of redemption connected with the land. With the hand of Ruth, the land had, so to speak, been repudiated. But as the kinsman had virtually refused to do his part, and Naomi was unable to maintain her property, she disposed of it, and that quite in the spirit of the law. There was no wrong done to anyone, the only ground for passing the land to a kinsman would have been that he would preserve the name of the dead, but this he had virtually refused to do. On the other hand, it was still open to, to him to redeem the land if, at the same time, he would consent to wed Ruth. It would have been the grossest injustice to have allowed the privilege of redeeming a property to the kinsman who refused to act as kinsman. Instead of preserving a name in Israel, it would in reality have extinguished it forever." This was precisely the point in discussion between Boaz and the unnamed kinsman. Boaz brought first before him the privilege of the kinsman, redemption of the land. This he accepted, but when Boaz next reminded him that this privilege carried with it a certain duty towards Ruth, and that if the latter were refused, the former also was forfeited, he ceded his rights to Boaz. The bargain was ratified according to ancient custom in Israel by a symbolical act of which we find a modification in Deuteronomy 25. Among all ancient nations, the shoe was a symbol either of departure or of taking possession. In this instance, the kinsman handed his shoe to Boaz, that is, ceded his possession to him. I wonder if there's lots of people running around with just one shoe. I don't know. Alike the assembled elders and those who had gathered around to witness the transaction cordially hailed its conclusion by wishes which proved that all the city knew that, that Ruth, Ruth was a virtuous woman and were prepared to receive the Moabitess as a mother in Israel, even as Thamar and proved in the ancestry of Boaz. It had all been done in God and with God, and the blessing invoked was not withheld. A son gladdened the hearts of the family of Bethlehem. Naomi had now a redeemer, not only a support and nourish, to, and nourish her, not merely to redeem the family property, but to preserve the name of the family in Israel. And that redeemer, a child and not yet a child of Boaz, a redeemer's son, and yet not, of Na uh, not a son of Naomi, was the father of Jesse. And so the story, which began in poverty, famine, and exile, leads up to the throne of David. Undoubtedly, this was the main object for which it was recorded, to give us the history of David's family with his genealogy, traced not in every link, but in symbolical outline. The book of Ruth appropriately, choose, uh, appropriately closes 
It is the only instance in which a book is devoted to the domestic history of a woman, and that woman a stranger in Israel, but that woman was the Mary of the Old Testament. Anyway, that's the end of the book of Ruth, and uh, the reason it's in there is because uh, of the relationship here with Jesus. I bear testimony that these things are true, and say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.